Hi, this is Elizabeth Smith McCrossan, here to provide you with my weekly constituency MLA update for Cumberland North. Today is Monday, October the 23rd. As I start the update today, I want to acknowledge and share my sympathies for the families impacted by the tragic accident that happened on the Fort Lawrence area on Saturday evening. We know now that three people were tragically killed Saturday evening at approximately 10.05 p.m. Cumberland County RCMP Fire and EHS Ambulance Services responded to a two-vehicle collision on Highway 2 in Fort Lawrence. Officers learned that an SUV and a car had been traveling on Highway 2 when they collided. There were four people in the SUV at the time of the collision, a 21-year-old woman, a 26-year-old man, a 43-year-old woman, and a two-month-old infant. The infant, the man, and the 43-year-old woman were all pronounced deceased at the scene, and the 21-year-old woman is in Halifax with serious injuries. There were also two other people in the other vehicle at the time of the collision, a 19-year-old woman and a 24-year-old man who have suffered injuries um, but hopefully will recover well. I just want to say how sorry I am for the families that have lost their loved ones. It's so tragic and especially, of course, what makes it even harder is the loss of a of an infant a two-month-old infant at that, and uh, I know many, many people are grieving today in Cumberland County and and throughout our entire region. When one hears of such a tragedy, uh, we all think about our own families and how how devastating this must be for those that are directly impacted from this tragedy. And we have suffered so much in our area over the last couple of years that it's it's just one more tragedy that it's too much. So I just want to acknowledge that at the beginning of my update today and send my sympathies to all of those who are suffering at this time. And I've already been speaking with some of the family, mem- family members and they know that I'm here Uh, to support in any way that I possibly can and I know that everyone in our community will be will be here will be with this family as they go through this very very difficult time especially over the next couple of weeks last week in politics last week was a busy week I was spent most of the week in Halifax the legislature is in session Monday however I did work from home at the Amherst office responding to messages from people on various issues, mostly including the lack of access to healthcare services that continue and lack of available housing and the huge affordability issues that many, many people are facing in our area. And I know this is an issue throughout all of the Maritime region. Monday, last Monday at noon, I also had an interview with Todd Vino, and he is a journalist, a a reporter with 95.7. It's a radio station based in Halifax. And Todd Vino wanted to speak with me about the current situation that I'm in uh, in the Nova Scotia legislature after the Premier 
uh, had a motion to remove me in the spring. So I did discuss that with Todd Vino. If anyone's interested in listening to that interview, I am going to be sharing that online. Law Amendments Committee was also held last Monday, and it was for bills that have passed second reading in the legislature. And the Law Amendments Committee provide an opportunity for the public to provide input into bills going through the legislative process. If you're listening to this update on CFTA on Monday, there is a Law Amendments Committee happening today as well. It started at noon, but will likely be going on until late afternoon. So if you're interested in listening, to public input into bills that are currently going through the legislative process. It's always very interesting and educational. You just go online, uh, Google Nova Scotia Legislature TV, and you'll be able to watch Law Amendments Committee this afternoon. I find it very interesting, and I'm always encouraging everyone to be as knowledgeable as possible about the political and legislative process so you know what's happening here in our province. Last Monday evening I drove to Halifax to be there for the legislative session for the rest of the week and Tuesday through Friday I worked in the legislature. Each morning my staff and I in Halifax prepare by attending technical briefings for bills and preparing notes for debate on various pieces of legislation. On Tuesday and Wednesday the legislative hours were until 6 p.m. and Thursday till 9 p.m. and Friday till 5 p.m. I want to just go over with you some of the work that I did on your behalf last week in the legislature. So on Tuesday I tabled a bill, it was Bill 347. It's an act to amend the Fisheries and Coastal Resources Act and Wildlife Act and it would allow veterans of our Canadian Armed Forces to hunt and fish recreationally without needing to obtain a license or pay a fee. I am hopeful my legislative colleagues will pass this bill to acknowledge the sacrifices made by our veterans. There is a similar bill already in place in the province of Ontario. Every bill that I bring forth to the legislature comes from ideas and suggestions from constituents and other people from around the province that reach out to me and say they think this would be a good idea. Now local Canadian Navy and Afghanistan veteran Jeff Casey, he agrees with this bill and I'll provide you a quote. He says, quote, Nova Scotia has a very large veteran population and is home to Canadian forces based Halifax, the largest Canadian base in terms of posted personnel. So this bill will recognize the contributions of veterans and offer them a bit of thanks for all they have done for our country, end quote. So I want to say thank you to Jeff Casey for his support and more importantly, for his service to our country. I'm so proud of Jeff Casey. On Tuesday, last Tuesday, I also read a member statement to honor another veteran of our RCMP force, Mr. Paul Calder, and I honored him for his work 25 years ago with the Swiss Air disaster. Thank you so much, Paul Calder. On Tuesday, I provided debate on the bill that the government had tabled to amend the Health Services Act to change billing for MSI services for mental health and addictions. I did share the needs of the people in our area and highlighted the deficiencies that currently exist through adult protection and mental health and addiction services, including the lack of psychiatric care that we have here, especially in acute care when people are brought to our emergency department in need of psychiatric care and 
too often, it's just not there. In fact, most often. So I did share that in the legislature with hopes of making some improvements. On Wednesday last week, I tabled two more bills, all coming from ideas from my constituents. The first one was Bill 354, and it is entitled an act to eliminate the tax on the sale of used vehicles. Pretty straightforward. And I'm hopeful that the government will pass this. It is a bill idea that even Minister of Municipal Affairs and Housing, uh, John Lohr, the Honorable John Lohr, had tabled um, in the past when he was running for the PC leadership. So I know that this bill would have support within the PC ranks, so I'm hoping they will pass it. I also tabled a bill 355, an act to remove tax on tax. And I fundamentally believe it's wrong when governments tax tax. We know that we're paying HST on top of not only the commodity price of fuel, but also on three other taxes. So you're paying HST 15% tax on top of the carbon tax, on top of 15.5 cents motor fuel tax, provincial motor fuel tax, as well as 10 cents per liter of federal excise tax. So um, you're paying HST on on top of all of those taxes. It's wrong. We're also paying paying income tax on top of property taxes that you pay uh, for your home. So I believe those two items need to be changed and that it should be not allowed to tax tax. I'm hopeful the government will pass that. We We will see. On Wednesday, I also read a member statement highlighting my five point action plan that I presented a few months ago to make life more affordable for the people here in Cumberland County and throughout all of Nova Scotia. Last Wednesday, I also, in question period, asked the Minister of Finance to remove tax on tax for Nova Scotians. On Wednesday, it was Liberal Opposition Day and they brought forward three of their bills to debate. Unfortunately, the government did not pass any of their bills to proceed in the legislative process. The first one was Bill 345, Working Families Power Bills Reduction Act, Bill 335, the Income Tax Amended, and Bill 324, the Rental Supplements Act. Now, on Thursday, I tabled a bill. It was Bill 359, and this bill is reflective of the fact that Nova Scotian seniors who choose not to join Seniors Pharmacare when they turn 65 are penalized if they later decide to join the program. All program participants must pay 30% copay on each prescription to a yearly maximum of $382. Both of these practices, the late fee plus the copay, are a financial hardship for many seniors who are struggling to make ends meet. And some of you listening are some of those people and you completely understand. I've heard from many seniors on this issue, including a local senior, Charlene Carter Earl. Charlene really helped me to understand the hardship, as well as shared with me how government are actually penalizing people that choose to work past 65. So we know that we need people working past 65 if they are able because of the shortage in the work in the labor force. Uh, So people that choose not to sign up for Pharmacare at 65 that do not already have a health plan, when they do choose to sign up, say when they're 67 or 68, 
or later, they are penalized with a late fee. And Charlene uh, was able to share with me that the hardship that that brings, and she believes it's unfair, and I would agree with her 100%. So I did table this bill. A quote from Charlene is, for those of us who are still working and choose to pay our own medical expenses, there is absolutely no reason why we should be penalized for registering late. We have not cost PharmaCare a cent during that time, yet now we are expected to pay more. And if we are working, it is likely because we have to, end quote. So thank you so much to Charlene Carter-Earl. I love it when residents speak up and have their voices heard, and this is a perfect example of that. And I'm hopeful that the government will listen and remove the copay and remove these late fees. Thursday, I read a member statement to honor the late Marlene Crossman, who tragically died a couple of weeks ago. I asked my MLA colleagues to stand also for a minute of silence in honor of Marlene Crossman, and they did so in the legislature. Also, last Thursday in question period, I asked the Minister of Public Works to make the protection of the Shignecto Isthmus a priority. One of my MLA colleagues, Fred Tilly from Cape Breton, also asked that question in question period, and uh, it was it was a very good day for us here to have this very important topic for us highlighted. My question was asking the Minister of Public Works to get the work done now, invest government money, and shorten the timeline of 10 years. We cannot wait 10 years to have the, the Shignecto Isthmus protected. Although many government bills were planned for Committee of the Whole and second reading on Thursday, there was actually only one bill that was debated, and it was debated at length until 9 p.m., and it was the Municipal Reform Act. So back about 29 years ago here in the province of Nova Scotia, the provincial government of the day what made some changes in working with our municipalities throughout the province, and there's many services that our municipal governments provide, and many services that the provincial government provide. Well, back 29 years ago, there was a new service exchange agreement where they made changes around education, corrections, and housing, as well as uh, the welfare and justice systems, and changed the formula. So when you pay your property taxes uh, back before 29 years ago, a lot of the money from property taxes helped to pay for the roads, as well as if anyone needed income assistance or otherwise known as welfare. Well, 29 years ago, they changed that. And the province took over the responsibility for roads, except for in towns. And the province also took over responsibility for income assistance or welfare. But in exchange for that, the municipalities pay a portion of the property taxes for housing and corrections and, and education. And uh, over the last 10 years, when I've spoken with municipal governments across the province, for a little while I was the critic for municipal affairs for the PC party, there was a lot of uh, bitterness from municipal governments saying they shouldn't be paying for provincial services. So this has been something that municipalities have wanted. They've wanted reform uh, of the municipal services ex exchange agreement. They've wanted that for a long time. So, so Minister John Lohr, who's responsible for that department, has put forth this bill the Municipal Reform Act, which is proposing changes. And we have uh, a local mayor, Murray Scott. He co-chaired actually many of the consultations around the province on this bill, along with Mayor 
a Carolyn Bolivar Getson. Now both uh, Mayor Getz, Bolivar Getson and Mayor Murray Scott are both former MLAs, so that's very beneficial for the for the provincial government in that they have two former PC MLAs working on consultations that understand the provincial legislative process. Now all that to say. There's a lot of people, a lot of municipalities that have expressed their concern with this piece of legislation and we're hearing from a lot of MLAs around the province, uh, specifically from CBRM, Cape Breton Regional Municipality, that are not happy with this bill. And just for your information here locally, I'm uh, reaching out to our local municipal councillors, both through the town of Amherst as well as the county of Cumberland, to ask for their input. Uh, to make sure that I'm representing my local people when I cast my vote on this bill in the legislature. It, it is interesting, I will share with you, that the press release for this bill shared that the province, the municipalities will no longer have to give money to the province for justice or for housing. Yet when you actually read the bill that we were presented as MLAs in the legislature, it actually says the opposite. So there is definitely some work to do on this bill and it was such a controversial bill that it was debated all for several hours on Thursday and then all day Friday until 5 p.m. So no other bills got through committee of the whole or or second reading and when we go back to the legislature tomorrow it will continue to be debated. So I will keep you updated on this this controversial bill. Also last Thursday, I want to make mention of the Cumberland County Chamber of Commerce, uh, formerly known as the Amherst Chamber of Commerce. That's amalgamated with the other Board of Trades and, and co- Chambers of Commerce throughout the county. They celebrated a Small Business Week last week here. And I'm so sad that I was not able to attend, but since the legislature was in session until 9 p.m., I did have to be there. We we sit such such few hours or such few number of days here in the province of Nova Scotia that I really don't want to miss any time at all unless absolutely necessary. I think we sit, uh, when I did some research last year, we sit here in Nova Scotia in the legislature the least amount of days of any of any uh, provincial government in the country. So I definitely don't want to miss any time. Uh, Having said that, I was really, really uh, proud of our Chamber of Commerce last Thursday night. And my team here in Cumberland North was able to to go and represent me. So thank you so much to Gladys Kosh, to Ann Ketty, and Dan Gould, as well as my the chair of our local advisory team, Vanessa Knock. So they proudly went and represented the Cumberland North MLA office at the Chamber of Commerce Business Award dinner. And the business owners and employees, you know, I believe uh, entrepreneurs are the foundation of our economy. There's not a doubt in my mind. Entrepreneurs are the risk takers that are willing to invest in our in our communities in businesses they create the vision the goals the strategy and the plans for every business and without our entrepreneurs we would not have an economy we owe it to them uh, to continue to work hard to remove all red tape in government and also lower the cost of doing business here in Nova Scotia so I want to say thank you to every business owner that's listening today and every employee that works in your business we thank you and also thank the Chamber of Commerce for honoring the businesses last week. And as a small business owner, former small business owner of four small businesses over a period of 20 years, 
I, I absolutely have the utmost respect for every person that is entrepreneurial and is willing to take the risk to open a small business and hire employees and make it happen. So thank you so much to all. Keep dreaming, keep building, and keep the faith. And I'll certainly do my job as your legislator to try and continue to remove uh, unnecessary government red tape and make it easier for businesses to succeed here in Cumberland County and throughout all of Nova Scotia. So back to the business of the legislature. On Friday, I had the privilege of introducing another bill, Bill 361, the Provincial Court Act amended. It's similar to a federal bill known as Kira's Law, and it would ensure that the Chief Judge of the Provincial Court of Nova Scotia will establish education courses for judges of the Provincial Court respecting sexual assault law, intimate partner violence, family violence, coerced control and intimate partner and family relationships, and social context. Unfortunately, I am contacted too often by victims of family violence and abuse and as well as victims of sexual assault who often feel re-victimized by the legal system. I meet with victims from Cumberland North and I've also been contacted by persons outside of Cumberland North on this very important issue. Now, last year, Vicki Godfrey contacted me and asked if I would advocate to bring Kira's Law to Nova Scotia. Vicki Godfrey is co-lead of the court, She Said Canada. And today, Vicki shares these comments, quote, Kira's Law will positively impact the lives of domestic violence survivors and their children, ensuring judges and related professions in the family court system are educated on the insidious effects of domestic violence and coercive control pre- and post-separation. Domestic violence is relevant to parenting and the best interests of the child. Jennifer Kagan, Kira's mother, has worked tirelessly to spotlight systemic failures harming mothers and children. Nova Scotia mothers experiencing post-separation abuse are grateful and empowered to work towards much-needed reform. And that is, uh, end quote, that is a quote from Vicki Godfrey. Earlier this year, the federal government adopted Bill C-233, whereby federal judges would receive this type of specific education, and this bill would bring the same requirements that I tabled to Nova Scotia. Now, this federal law was named Kira's Law in honor of Kira Kagan. Kira was a four-year-old who was found dead with her father in 2020 in an apparent murder-suicide after being left in his care. Her mother had tried in vain previous to her death to her four-year-old daughter's death to have the courts to recognize the danger that her daughter faced from the father who had a history of intimate partner violence. So if you want Nova Scotia government to adopt this bill, please get in touch with uh, the Premier and the Minister of Justice for Nova Scotia and encourage them to pass this bill here in Nova Scotia, which is similar to the federal bill, Kira's Law. Also on Friday, last Friday, I read a member statement asking for the government to help support victims better uh, that are currently experiencing family violence and sexual assault. Friday in question period, I asked the Premier and Minister of Health, when will the residents of Cumberland County start receiving improved access to health care for all services, including emergency ambulance services? Just last night again, I received a message confidentially from a paramedic around midnight that once again, there were no ambulances available in the entire county of Cumberland. It's not acceptable. And I'm going to continue to shine a spotlight on this problem 
and I'm not going to stop until positive changes are made by this government. Not just lip service, but actual positive changes. So that is a bit of an overview of the work that I did on your behalf in the Nova Scotia Legislature last week and the work that I did here locally in Cumberland North. It's quite a lot and I'm really looking forward to being back there again this week. Uh, because my update has been quite long on legislative the legislative work, I'm only going to wish one person a happy birthday today and that is Ron Bickle with CFTA 107.9. Ron has done such incredible work, not only for this community radio station, but for our entire community. So today I honor Mr. Ron Bickle and wish him a really wonderful birthday. Please also join me in doing so. Reach out to Ron today and let him know that our community is supportive of him and wishes him nothing but a wonderful day and week and year ahead. Anyone else who's celebrating a birthday or anniversary this week, know that I'm sending you nothing but best wishes. I would like to extend my sympathies to anyone who has lost a loved one this week, including the family and friends of Charles Leonard Kyle, Duncan Lewis Carter, Diane Haynes, and of course, the three that were so tragically killed Saturday night here in the Fort Lawrence area in that tragic car accident. Please take care of yourselves, take care of others, always seeking ways to be outward focused and serving others in our communities. We have suffered much over the last couple of years. There's been much tragedy, but I will say the spirit, the human spirit of our people is strong. When things get tough, we dig deep, we always remember our foundation of faith, family, and community. And we stick together and we get through these troubled times. Take care, everyone. Take care of each other. And certainly reach out to my office, reach out to me at any time if I can be of service. My phone number is 902-661-2288. The Amherst office is located at 5 Ratchford Street, right beside the Amherst Library. Take care.